kids, what time is it? <laughs> Well, boys and girls, I don't know if it's Howdy Doody time, but it is Bar Crawl Radio time, and it's time to talk about TV with the author of From Rabbit Ears to the Rabbit Hole. I met Kathleen Collins when I was organizing a podcast class for the college where I teach. Kathleen had just published a chapter in a book on podcasting, and I would have used it in the class if more than two students had registered. I wonder if Jen Zeers even listened to podcasts. Then Kathleen asked me to do her podcast, Inside Voices, which is the perfect name for a podcast produced by a college librarian. I am Rebecca McCain, and I am sitting in Studio 25, located in the Five Napkin Bar restaurant on Broadway and West 84th Street in Upper West Side Manhattan with my co-host Alan Winson and our guest, Kathleen Collins, to talk about her new book, All About TV and Why It Matters, From Rabbit Ears to Rabbit Hole. And so, let's start falling. Here we go. That was our favorite post-Soviet pop music band, Wade Ripka's Eastern Blockhead's rendition of Bop Bop. We don't really know the name of it. No, that. we don't. He told me the name once. And, he did? Uh, it must be a Russian name, It's I a guess. Russian name. I didn't yeah. know. I, I, I don't remember it. It's great. I love it. Kathleen Collins is the graduate studies librarian at John Jay College of Criminal Justice since 2007. And a whole lot more. She has a double degree in psychology, a degree from the Cultural Reporting and Criticism Program at NYU, and has written three books on television. Dr. Joyce Brothers, the founding mother of TV psychology, and Watching What We Eat, the evolution of television cooking shows, and her newest publication, From Rabbit Ears to the Rabbit Hole. She writes on her Inside Voices podcast page, quote, I enjoy consuming and writing about pop culture, old and new, especially television and podcasts. And, listen to this, everyone, Kathleen is a confessed fan of Bar Crawl Radio. How do you like that? Yeah, okay. Uh, Kathleen, welcome to your favorite podcast. You're now on it. Are you After thrilled? I, I am thrilled. I, You know, some people aspire to promote their new books on, I don't know, The Daily Show, Trevor Noah or something. This is my dream, Bar Crawl Radio. <laughs> I have always wanted oh my to be gosh. on this podcast since the first time I heard it. I've I love al- it. I've always wanted to compete with Trevor. Oh, my gosh. You know, anyone named Trevor. It didn't have to be Trevor Noah, just anyone named Trevor. I'm right. for Klempt. Right, right. So I must say that your newest book is aptly named From Rabbit Ears to the Rabbit Hole because I was barely two paragraphs into Chapter 1 when I was gobsmacked by your references to early TV. My, my notes included, and this is a quote, this is too much to process. My early life is all of this. It's a memory flood. I'm drowning in memory here. You need immediately to go to therapy after I, I, I had started to. reading it because it, it brought up so much. Well, I was going to say my, you know, to gobsmack anyone would be my goal alone, but to send somebody to therapy, that's beyond my wildest dreams. Wow, well, you well, you're successful. <laughs> An amazing book with all kinds of references and stuff, and we'll certainly get to some of them as we, as we move, move along. You seem to have a very detailed memory of your past TV experiences. How much of this writing is based on memory and how much is based on YouTube? I have been asked before if I scoured old TV guides and things to sort of refresh my memory about the shows I watched, which I didn't do because I felt that would be overwhelming because I think I probably watched everything at least once because this was the 60s and 70s when you could do that. But it was really, my memory um, was, was how I came up with the shows that I mentioned in the book. Anything that sort of floated to the top of my memory, I thought, well, that's probably significant in some way. But in terms of remembering the episodes and the characters and things like that, 
a lot of that also came from my memory, but YouTube was really, really helpful. I would ha I would want to sort of fact check my memories and see if certain episodes were uh, what I remembered them to be. And then those would remind me of some other things um, about a particular show or a related show. So I'm grateful for you. That makes sense. Perfect sense. And you also went to the TV museum. Right to, uh, and I haven't been there in years. It's still there, I guess. It's still there, and you might not recognize it if it's been a long time since you've been there. Because when I first started going to it, it was called the Museum of TV and Radio, exactly, and which a, a name I preferred to the Paley Center for Media. But it was uh, you would go up to the librarian and give them a little code, and they would then put this chunky tape in a box for you, uh, like we we used to watch uh, VCR tapes. But now it's all these gorgeous um, digital consoles where you just sit and type in whatever. You, you look at the catalog and you can type it in and, and it just comes on the screen. Well, I, I, I just wonder because you can probably get anything from there on YouTube. So why would you go there? No? You, there are things there that you cannot see on YouTube. All right. Yeah. There's, there's some really good stuff there. They don't have, you know, they sort of have... Um, I don't know. It's you, you would you can look at their catalog online actually and see um, they have some things you would never remember existed. So it's kind of you can have a serendipitous experience there. A little nostalgic uh, yeah. walking through your past. So yeah. the Paley Center, because he needed to have something named after him. Of course, and right. I think you really should go there because they I believe they have gotten rid of the admissions fee. You can just go there and you can an afternoon will disappear. Right. I, I love how you talk about in the book walking and, and like sneaking and looking at what people are looking at and yeah. getting involved with their yeah, TV Yeah, I, li I like to know what people like to watch. That's a very personal, very personal tell. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. In part, you write your books on TV and you've written several of them now uh, as a full-time professor who has to publish. But I must say this book does not read as an academic thesis. So how did you get away with writing personally and entertainingly, very entertainingly, about your memories of TV watching? I mean, does that count towards your tenure? Well, thank goodness I'm beyond that. I, I already am tenured and oh, good, I already okay. achieved full professorhood. So in a way, this book was my reward and my treat for that. Because my two previous books, while I wouldn't say they're very academic either, definitely helped me on that road to tenure and promotion. But I, it, it wasn't um, as fun. They weren't as fun to write as this one. It, this is first person, my natural voice, trying to be entertaining and funny. And you, were. you are funny. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you. But that, that was, it, was a, it was an indulgence for me. It was like, okay, I got, I got what I needed from those other books, which I also enjoyed writing and researching, but they, um, you know, I'm done. I, I, my feet are on my desk. I'm, I'm, I can do what I want now. And so it was sort of like a thank you to television um, for allow, really helping me to do that. But the other two books sound like they were fun too. One was on food. Uh, television food shows. Yeah. The other was on on uh, Dr. Ruth. The, Dr. Joyce. Dr. Joyce. I'm Dr. sorry. Dr. They were very fun. Very. I'm, I mean, I'm a researcher. That's what I love doing more than anything. And so I. They were very heavily researched. Both of those books. A lot of interviews with people, which I also love doing. And they were fun to write. I mean, not. I'm. I think I'm more. I'm a nonfiction writer. I, I have. I have written fiction too, but I really like researching and you know, marshalling my, my research and communicating it. And they were fun and they were not, uh, I hope they were not wonky scholarly books, but, but well, more enjoyable reads. You know, it reads like a memoir in a way. Did this you one, mean it to be that way? Or um, did it just come out like that? No, I sort of meant it that way. I, I don't fully refer to it as a memoir because it's, it's a small uh, aspect of, you know, it's just an aspect of my life. And I use this a lot now. A friend of mine called it a combination of cultural meditation and memoir. So that's why it's not fully a memoir. I really, I do get a little bit into the, uh, you know, an analytical kind of thinking about TV and TV studies as a field. You, you, do, the, you do leave hints there of things to think about, about how TV is critical in our lives. One of the things you write is that uh, the personal is the intellectual. And I wonder if you can explain that. Oh, I can't. I don't even remember what I meant by that. Um, this was very personal. 
it was it it, it read to me much much like a, a memoir of, of your obsession almost with television when you were younger. We'll find out later. A shared where, where obsession you are. with yeah. all of our other girlfriends with Karen too. and and the <laughs> the other ones that that you watched. And I remember watching television a lot, but yet I came away with this with a sense that there is something about television that informed my life to where I am now. Right. That's an intellectual yeah, perspective. Yeah, I'm glad that you have that experience too, and I, I guess that is what I mean. It, it's, it, it turned out to be, or I discovered that the personal is the intellectual. It, it isn't something I was aware of at the, in the, at the time of enjoying television throughout my life, but later on I looked at it in a more um, r- remote, you know, scholarly way and saw how it, you know, for something to be such an important part of our lives or, or such a central part of our lives cannot be ignored as, as an important pursuit, uh, intellectual pursuit or, or scholarly pursuit to be looked at that way. Um, and, and, you know, there's tons of television scholarship out there. It's been going on in full force yeah, for many decades. Fun. So I didn't feel I needed to add to that. I wanted to just write my own story about how I was able to be, you know, for a short time, a TV scholar and, and, and get the professional credentials I needed from that and then go back to sort of enjoying TV and my natural writing voice. But all of the television scholarship that's out there that that has been going on since, you know, the 70s, 80s, um, I'm so grateful for and really enjoyed mining that for all the the previous work that I've done in my scholarly writing. I was was so interested and happy to not happy, interested that you had shared what uh, Library of Congress number your book got got put in, PN1992. And I remember C-A. that because that's, that's the cultural <laughs> studies kind of a thing. I am beside myself because I don't know the call number for this book because... You told it, me it was PN1992 and then something following. Well, it, that that is what this one will be, but because of, I believe because of COVID, it hasn't been fully integrated into all the library. You know, libraries aren't able to buy and, and shelve books now. So I don't know the call number of my new book, which is really important to me. I know it's going to be PN 1992 something, but I'm a librarian. Those other things matter too. This is my last academic question. Oh, okay. And then, and then, then we'll get to fun stuff. Okay. Your um, thesis is in this book, and I think it has a thesis, is something like, TV is important. TV matters. TV matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. does matter. I, I will argue that to the death. Somebody yeah. tried to tell me it doesn't matter, and I'm, you're, you've, you've lost already. Right. Uh, you can survive without it, but it's a cultural icon. Whether or not you watch TV, TV matters. Yes. <laughs> yes. The TV experience has changed so much since we were children. And I'm a few years older than you, so I have a a slightly different experience. So let's define a few terms for any of the Gen Zers who may have accidentally tuned into this podcast. (laughs) It's truly accidental or related to us. Okay. Okay. So, and even those. Even those don't. (laughs) Our son. Thank you, Harry. So what are TV rabbit ears? They are antennae, if that's how you pronounce the plural of antenna. The, the the little plastic mound with the metal things sticking out of them that are antennae that that helped you get the reception from for network TV back in the day. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. TV, you just plug it into the internet, and then it comes <laughs> it comes through the wire. What are you talking about? Well, no, there were days when we had to plug it into the wall. It actually was a lot simpler. You it plug really it was. into the wall and turn it on, and you and you have that antenna, um, and. I don't even think you needed the rabbit ear antenna. I don't think so either. But they're supposedly helpful in getting the reception. But I, I mean, we're, we were always banging on our TV or sticking tinfoil on the... Exactly. <laughs> or, or, or hanger wire to make yeah. it longer. And then there was always the dial at the bottom plastic piece where the two right. wires came out. Well, and did any of that matter? I don't know. I don't think it did anything. <laughs> no idea. But it could be repaired, too. The TV, you didn't have to throw away a TV every five years. You sure didn't. You, I mean, we had TVs for our whole childhood. Exactly. They, they used to make them better. 
but it, someone could come in and change a tube from you know inside it literally a tube yeah yeah That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah okay so all right what is tuning in what is tuning? Tuning, tuning yeah. in. Oh, tuning in. Well, you mean you talk those, about the, it in your book. the little knobs? Yeah, uh-huh. horizontal um, and vertical. Yeah, well, I, as I recall, yeah, you're right, horizontal and vertical. I, I remember the, the little silver knob w- said fine-tuning on it. That's right. And, and, it w- and it was like, sort of like a focus on a camera is how I remember it. it, it you would get your channel, but then you could do this little thing to it. But to make the picture a little but, better. Yeah, supposedly, yeah. but like the antenna, I don't remember it ever really doing anything. And there was always somebody that was good at it in the family. Oh, let let dad do it. He's you know. My dad was just good at banging on the side of the TV. <laughs> I remember a show called Outer Limits and it would begin with the television screen with all these lines going across it and then the then the image would flip and it would and then you hear the voice, "We control the vertical." We oh. control the horizontal. I don't remember that. That was a show like Twilight Zone, right? Like Twilight Zone. It came after it called Outer Limits. It was one of them. There is nothing wrong with your television set. Do not attempt to adjust the picture. We are controlling transmission. We will control the horizontal. We will control the vertical. We can roll the image. Make it flutter. For the next hour, sit quietly and we will control all that you see and hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your television set. You are about to participate in a great adventure. You are about to experience the awe and mystery which reaches from the inner mind to the outer limits. So they mess with you with putting those lines on the screen. Right, so when you first saw it, you started playing with it. Yeah. We are in control. Very clever. <laughs> All right. And you know what? People, kids today, they don't know what the heck we're talking about. No. No. I don't even know if this will help very much, but no, why I, only I'm three channels? Why not four? Uh, capitalism? I don't know. <laughs> is, it, is that, I don't, I mean, that's a great question. I think they had to get their, their, their licenses, right? So there was three different companies that had the license. There ABC, was NBC, CBS. CBS. Yeah. And they're always competing with each other. Yeah. It's like ABC was always a little bit lower than CBS and NBC. But I think it depended on the, on the decade or the time period, because I remember in the heart of my, uh, maybe high school age which would would be early 80s abc was the good one and and nbc was the bad one like the bad shows were on and i can't at the moment remember exactly like happy days was on abc right so that was but i think then you know think to the 90s with musty tv and seinfeld and friends and everything that was nbc so nbc was the good one i think it kind of went through different cycles yeah i know one thing they discovered though and they didn't realize it in, until they started with television. Every time um, during uh, when were, people in the 50s were watching Lucille Ball, every time there was a commercial, the water level dropped. <laughs> oh my gosh. And they. they like were, throughout the country, the water just a little bit. Well, toilets yeah. were flushing exactly. nationwide. Exactly. Because we were all watching at the same time. Right, yes, right. And, we and do flushing wanna, at the same, at the same time, time. all together. We want to talk about that. What, what was another term we wanted? Okay, uh, um, what is scheduled television? What is that? I mean, Happy Days was on at 8 o'clock on so what? Wednesday night. You be there or you lose. Oh, you lose, you Bonanza out. was on, uh, I think, about the same time, which is why we never watched Happy Days. No, but did you watch Bonanza with... I never watched... Maybe it's Bonanza not a Western. before. It was before, but even so, I was not a Western. I was a very girly girl. I did not watch the boy shows like Bonanza. Right. Or, or any of the police. Or Ed Sullivan was on at a certain time on Sunday. Yeah, so you you you've revolved your day or your night around when these shows were on. Right. And if you missed it... You, you missed it. You missed it. Unless you, you knew that repeats would be coming in the summer. In the summer, yeah. But then but even the repeats were on at a specific time, and maybe you're at Cape Cod in the summer, and you're not... I know, you talk about grabbing candy before you make it to your girlfriend's house, and you have to get there on time to, to watch, watch the General show. Hospital, yeah. yeah. How did we exist? How did we live? We, we were tough. I'm telling you, it was like living in a cave. Really? <laughs> Uphill both ways. Right, it was snowing every day <laughs> as we walked to school. And we had to stand up and walk over to the TV to change the channel. Right? Right, right. I wanted to ask, what is 
what do you think the Wizard of Oz experience is? Because I have a feeling about that as well. Well, I have to say that the Wizard of Oz, I have strong feelings about the Wizard of Oz. I mean, as a story. Is that what you want me to talk about, or the TV experience? The I TV want experience. Okay. Are you, are both? Are you I mean, both? I'll, I'll save the Wizard of Oz story for my fifth novel, maybe, but um, the TV watching experience was in black and white for me because I probably started, I probably first saw it when I was in the single digit ages and we had only a black and white TV. And as everybody probably knows, the second half of the movie is in color, in technicolor. And if you have a black and white TV, that doesn't matter. And so I never, I never saw it in color until I don't even really remember the first time or when or how or where, but I already had fallen in love with that movie. It was my favorite time of year when it came on around Easter, whenever Easter is. Once a year. Once a Once year. Once a year. And I thought of it as a TV event, not an MGM production or anything you go to the movie theater for. And it was a very, very special TV event that, yes, came around once a year. I didn't care that it was only in black and white. My mother said, oh, if we had a color TV, this would be yellow. It doesn't matter. It's still very magical and wonderful for me. Yeah. I have to say, I have a, a, a traumatic experience of memory from the um, watching that show. Watching that is because um, my dad punished me one year. I don't know what I did, but the punishment was not to watch. <gasps> Can you imagine? At once, a, it was horrible. I feel like I was abused in that. I know, think that's in that instance that qualifies. I think so too. And you do. It's usually when people say the word traumatic and Wizard of Oz, the next thing most people think is monkeys. Yes, yes, yeah. No. That, that's what I thought. I was fine with the monkeys. No, it was that I wasn't allowed to watch it and I had been looking forward to it and I was like, I st I'm still stung. Do you remember like, what your sin was? It's probably because I didn't do some homework or something. That's no, harsh. No, not fair. Yeah. Not, not fair. fair. Yeah. Not fair. I mean, we, we have other TV terms like the TV guide. Yeah. which doesn't really apply anymore, the summer hiatus, summer hiatus yeah. Yeah. Uh, in which you would do the reruns. Yeah. And you'd have to wait until the end of the, until. And in the summer, they had replacement shows. They would, maybe that's when they tested out um, new shows. I remember, uh, maybe this was when I was doing my Dr. Joyce Brothers book. I remember um, the Ken Berry Wow Show, I think it was called. Huh. I mean, isn't that 70s, the Ken Berry Wow yeah. Show? Do you yeah. remember Ken Berry? Not really. I'm trying to remember. He w I, he may have been on Gomer Pyle or something like that. It was I a talk show or um, It was a variety show. Variety yeah, show, which is another thing we really don't have anymore is variety shows. We had all kinds of Hoot Nanny well, and I think, I think Smothers maybe Brothers. Saturday Night Live is kind of a variety show. No, way, not the no? same way. It was they like, music um, and skits. I remember a couple years ago, Maya Rudolph and, and friends tried to create a new variety show because they were paying homage to the and it, you don't you haven't heard of it right you don't remember it didn't last it didn't work out yeah. but I miss them I loved variety well, shows well I think other other uh, uh, um, media sources have taken that like TikTok I guess or I don't know you know you social know, the, media there, there's, there's one aspect of the early television and this goes before you your time uh, I remember um, when the whole country was watching the Beatles when they were first introduced to the United States. Yeah, I was just about to the, ask you on that. On the Ed Sullivan show. Yeah. yeah, go on. Well, is that what? what do you, is there some meaning? Is it meaningful that 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 the whole country watched it at the same I time? I think so. I mean, meaningful in a, you know, it it can either be a positive or a negative. The positive idea of us all watching the same thing at the same time is unity, and um, national pride or joy or even if we all experience a trauma together like learning about the assassination of JFK or something we're all doing it together but then there's also the possibility of people having limited experiences and knowledge about things um, you know there just wasn't that that many outlets for us to learn about things or, or have different experiences so I mean you know, this is the United States. I, I, I would say 
it's an opportunity for propaganda, but we don't really, we didn't really think about that when we were watching, oh, there's only three channels. But do you know what I'm saying? It's like, you, you could look at it that way, but um, it was, TV was mostly entertainment and the six o'clock news and 11 p.m. news was, you know, pretty balanced. I mean, that was the propaganda though, television. I mean, it kept us right there, ready. You know, even though some of us may have used the facilities, you know, most of us were around for the commercials and yeah. enjoyed them, so we were being fed. Well, you're the, right. That's a really good point. The the um, mar- the TV commercials were propaganda for sure, and they they had us in their in their grip. And the shows too, the shows. Well, yeah, that's the thing. How we should behave. Exactly, like especially those sitcoms from the '50s where you have such a traditional stereotypical Father family. Yeah, where the dad works and the mom stays at home. Beaver. I mean, imagine a show today coming out called Father Knows Best. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's, kind of, it's, it's ridiculous, it's ridiculous. Right? That's right? That is funny. Yeah. But there was, I mean, there was a kind of a unifying effect in the country because we were all watching the same thing. Yeah. We were all being affected in the same way. Yeah. And so we were capable to agree we can't do today to come to consensus because we were kind of thinking along the same lines. Right. I don't know if that's good or bad. I don't, I don't either. But things got done. We did go to the moon. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if we could do <laughs> Somebody that Somebody was working. <laughs> right? Yeah, we did get things done. That's true. Well, <laughs> people got a chance to, you know, connect over the water cooler, right, and work, yeah. and mm-hmm. kids talked about it at school. Yeah. You yeah. had to watch the TV shows that your yes. friends were watching. Yes. A theme throughout the book um, is that TV has been important to you throughout your life. It's, it's, it's been so important to me, and that's what this book has shown me, how pivotal it was to my life and, and Rebecca's life. You spent a great deal of your childhood watching TV, it seems, as indicated in, in, in your book. Did you realize as a child that this machine was really affecting you, that it was important? Had you made that decision, or it was just there? I, I, it was just there. I, I, I could not possibly think about it in an intellectual way until I was much older. And I, I didn't even think about it at all. It was just, you know, the main source of entertainment in my life. And it was always there. It was a main sort of socialization, too. That, too. Socialization and socialization in the terms of, like, socializing with people and yeah. also being socialized as a, a, a consumer and in a middle-class American, you know, all of those things. Yeah, being a culture to our yeah. society. And, yeah. of course, I was unaware of that at, at all. You know, I, I talk in the book about the TV ads um, promoting certain body types and how um, they were perhaps negatively impacting on women's sense of body, we didn't use the term, but body positivity and, and self-esteem and things like that. I wasn't even aware of that. You know, it was happening to me, but I wasn't aware of it until much, much later. Right. I, I was aware that I was watching too much TV because my parents kept reminding me of it. That is something a lot of people experienced, and I didn't. Okay. <laughs> but I know, but I was aware that other friends of mine had limitations on how many hours of TV they were. Yeah, or, get out of the house! Or like, play. you have to do this if you're going to watch TV, you know. Yes. Right. Re- Rebecca didn't do her homework, so she couldn't watch The Wizard of Oz. Right. Like, it was used a- as a carrot or a stick. And, um... Thankfully, your parents didn't do that. No, they didn't. And I I don't know if it's because I just, you know, I also got my homework done and I was a good kid or they also (laughs) watched a lot of TV. Kathleen was a good girl. I was a good girl. I was a goody-goody. But but it just never presented a problem. And I never felt like I was watching too much. And I never thought about those friends of mine who had, I just thought, oh my gosh, poor you, that you didn't, that you have limits like that. I don't have those. They must have hated you. I don't think we really, I don't really think, I don't think I watched that excessively. You know, I had my favorite shows. I'm sure I watched TV every day. You you had a list of what you did during the day <laughs> in a part of the book. That's, yeah, that and was there like. there was a lot yeah, of TV in there. There was a it. lot of TV in there, yeah. Um, and now, if I watched that much TV now during those same hours, that would seem like an awful lot. Even to you. Even to me. Yeah. Um, so I think it, times were just different. I mean, and I did my homework in front of the TV, and I had snacks in front of the TV. I talked to my friends, and there was a lot of other stuff happening at the same time. I watch much more focused now. If I'm watching a TV show, that's what I'm doing. So um, I, I guess I, it's not background noise or anything like that. 
So as children, we come from different TV watching eras, okay? Alan from the mid-50s, me from the mid-60s, and you from the mid-70s. Oh, that's great. Yeah, right? yeah. So we, we cover yeah. a whole Three huge decades. era of the, of the century. So these were very different TV experiences. Is it possible for us to compare notes of watching TV as children? So I, I think we can. I mean, I can name the things that I've okay, watched. Okay, you have. Yeah, please. Yes. What do you have, Alan? Well, I have, I have Kukla, Fran, and Ollie. Oh, I watched that. All right, but I... I watched you it watched much earlier. Real, real, real yeah. time. Uh, Captain Kangaroo. Yep. With the with the with the rabbit and the and the carrots and Mr. Green Jeans. Mr. Green Jeans, very influential. I have Captain Kangaroo too, not Cook the Friend and Ollie. Howdy Captain. Doody. It's Howdy Doody, doody time. time. It's Howdy, howdy doody, doody Time. That'll that'll run through <laughs> my head till I die, <laughs> right? Uh, very early on, when I lived in Brooklyn, Romper Room. Yeah, I watched. I think Miss Francis. Well, there. I think there were local ladies who did it. Yeah, right. I, I, I kind of went back and looked at. I had Miss Marie. And then later on, the Mickey Mickey Mouse Club, mm-hmm. and uh, was it Francine? What, what was the dark-haired one that was? Oh, uh, Annette Funicello. Annette. Yeah. Oh God! Oh, what my a crush! Gosh. What she a crush! Was, yeah, oh. she was the potty. Oh my heart! My heart! Right. Oh. Right. There, there, there was a there was a lighter color. There was a, um, a blonder girl that. Well, there was Darlene. Darlene. Yeah. Oh, Darlene. And then yeah. there was Cubby, Cubby and Kitty, the little cute See, ones. you've got the memory. You've <laughs> you got do. The Maybe memory. that's the thing. Right. I don't remember. And then later on, kind of more of an adult thing was Soupy Sales. I, I remember Soupy Sales from different TV talk shows. Right, but I remember a show in the, the... I remember there used to be a big paw that would come out from behind this lens of the camera and attack him. Oh, he um, had his own show. Sherry Lewis and Lamb Yeah, Talks. he did. Yep. Yeah, I watched that one. I remember Sherry, Sherry Lewis. Lewis yeah. right, right. She was heartwarming. She, she was cute. Yeah. All right. I want to play house. Okay. And I want to be the mommy, or I'm the daddy, or I'm the big sister, or and I want you to be the little baby brother, who is very bad, and who everybody yells at all the time. And I want to yell at you all the time, and maybe spank you, or a lot. All right, Lamb Chop, let's play. What do you want from me, Jolly Horse? Nothing. Now let's play. Uh, can I play too, Mummy? You could be my servant. Your servant? Yeah, and you come in twice a week to spank Charlie Horse. All right, let's play. Yeah, I know your early ones. Well, Becky, what were yours? No, I mean, honestly, I don't remember early, um, you know, TV viewing when I was very, very young. I don't remember. But you I mean, I remember the Lucille Ball. I love Lucy. That's not a kid show. No, I know. I know. I don't know that I watch TV in the morning, but I do remember Sherry Lewis. When I was a little older, and um, I remember watching cartoons before I'd go to school. I I guess my mom had either left already or she was getting ready, and I would um, get myself breakfast and watch Mighty Mouse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And... I forget the other cartoons, to be honest well, with you. Well, Saturday morning cartoons. That was a big... Yeah. Well, no, this was during the week, the though. Weekday, the weekday cartoons were different, weren't they? Like Mighty Mouse and Tennessee Tuxedo. Do you remember? Oh, yeah. I remember um, Tennessee Tuxedo. Natasha yeah. and Boris. Yes, yes, Loved yes, it. yes. Um, and, and the Saturday morning ones, I wasn't as into them. They seemed more... I don't know. Huh. They seemed of lesser quality to I'm me. trying to remember. <laughs> I don't even remember the Saturday morning ones. Well, I, I remember, remember Saturday, Bowie. Saturday morning at Sky King... Which was a this guy, but that's early on. That's well, like and then, but then there's um, Looney Tunes, right? Which, which sort of, that's that quality. bridged everything. Yeah, yeah that was very good quality. Yes. But in yes. your book, you talk about a different level of of uh, early childhood television, which is Sesame Street. Oh. Which yeah. was impactful. I have very fond, warm feelings about Sesame Street. I mean, I watched... Our kids did, too. I mean, they were very influenced by Sesame yeah. Street. Yeah, I mean, it's a wonderful enterprise. When did it start? 69. 69. Wow. Wow. So I had to live for four years without it. <laughs> no, it came along at just the right time because I was four years old in 1969. And that... that is a good age to be watching Sesame Street, learning to count, learning, learning your letters right, and everything. Right, right, yeah. And I watched it all, for a long, long, long time. Yeah, yeah. I loved it. I loved watching it with our kids. I thought it was a, the best thing on I TV. I love the cow. We're going uh, to cow oh, yeah. now. I mean, I One, have songs I still two, sing from that. Three. Yeah. You they know? had some great celebrities on there. Absolutely. They had and, everybody. Yeah, and just great... Um, you know, messages. Like, it, it was a really Absolutely. progressive... Right. Did you ever watch Pee-wee's 
Playhouse? I loved Pee Wee's Playhouse, <laughs> and I, it's one of my great regrets that I didn't expound more on Pee Wee. Yeah, I don't think book. you mentioned Pee Wee. I don't think I, I think I mentioned him only in comparing um, Crazy Ex Girlfriend, like a mashup between Melrose Place and Pee Wee's Playhouse. Good morning, Pee-wee. Morning, Magic Screen. Look, Pee-wee, I drew your picture. <laughs> that looks just like me. <laughs> Pee-wee, here comes the most beautiful woman in Puppet Land. Oh, <laughs> bye bye. Oh, that makes me laugh. <laughs> bye bye. Bye, Carlos. Bye bye, Eric. Goodbye, Sydney. Bye bye, Cassius. Thank you all for escorting me to the playhouse door. Bye, Miss Yvonne. Bye-bye. Good morning, Miss Yvonne. Good morning, Pee-wee. <laughs> you sure do look beautiful today, Miss Yvonne. Oh, thank you, Pee-wee. You know, beauty is my life. I sleep, eat, and breathe beauty. Look in the dictionary under the word beauty. There's a picture of you, Miss Yvonne. Oh, thank you, Conky. You know, Pee-wee. Yeah, I know Pee-wee. I am him. Uh, Come on, Pee-wee. Come on, where are we going? <laughs> I'm serious. I'm Pee-wee. Nice to meet you, serious. <laughs> that that thing was on so many different levels. I know. I, and, and Lawrence Fishburne played the cowboy. Yes. Yeah. And I, I was in my um, tw- maybe mid to late 20s when I was watching that. So, and I think a lot of people were. I could still adults. watch it. I, yeah. could, I could still watch people. What about playoffs. Mr. Rogers? Oh, yeah. He's the best. I, yeah, I just. Very impactful adore him. also. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, right. Do you have thoughts about local television? Because we really don't have local television. I was comparing notes with my little sister, um, who, who was seven years younger than I am. I remember going to a TV studio with my class to be on the on camera audience of a local TV show down in, in Miami on WCKT. Um, there was Skipper Chuck with Chuck Zink starring in Popeye's Playhouse. It was all local stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and he also played M.T. Graves in an in a after, Saturday afternoon show, which they would show monster shows, mm-hmm. Frankenstein shows. Okay. It was called The Dungeon. And my memories of that are almost clearer than yeah. my memories of my bar mitzvah. You know, it's like I remember M.T. Graves and so it is sacred. It is sacred. It is sacred. Absolutely. (laughs) But we don't have local TV. No, and and I think when you're a kid, you don't understand when things are local and not local. You just think the guy there, everybody knows him. Exactly. Our grandson knows how to work the fire stick. He just pushes a button and and says um, "Paw Patrol," and you know it comes on. He obviously has no. And, not, and will not have this experience that we're talking about. Yeah, and in retrospect, it, it's such a great thing. I, I haven't thought that much about it, but it, but I would love to go back and see some of the local TV from my childhood because I think it would be really triggering in a good way of some of the things that I completely forgot about because you don't you don't come across that those things on YouTube. I mean, even the local commercials. Would it be at that museum? The no, I don't think so. No. no, but maybe YouTube. If somebody from your hometown puts stuff up on YouTube. If you think about it, that experience is really gone. Yeah. There is no access to it anymore. Yeah. You know? I mean, you could have local radio, Yeah. but not local TV. I mean, the, the, the closest thing we have here is New York One. Yeah. Uh, or, uh, I mean, local news, right? Yeah, that's all intellectual. It's not kid show. Yeah. No yeah, like uh, when I um, wrote my book about... TV cooking shows, I talk a bit about the local home ec TV cooking shows, because there were tons and tons of those, because they were very cheap to pr- produce. Galloping and, Gourmet. And, and, that's, and that was the exact opposite of a local. Like That was a very yeah. surprising, nationally popular, internationally popular I used to watch it all show. the time. I, I we, we still have local TV, guys. It's I'm, called YouTube. Yeah. Anybody can get their own channel. It's not the same and they, thing. And if they get followers... Being um, a kid and going down to a TV studio with the big cameras and the hot lights and... Oh, you mean going to watch it? No, person. going to be in it, like when you were in the kids' show. Like you if know. you were uh, um, in the... Like one of my friends was in the gallery of, of the Howdy Doody show. Oh, so like go. a gallery. Yeah. yeah. 
that it's, called the, the peanuts, it's called the peanut, peanut gallery. gallery. Yeah. yeah. Right, and actually being in the studio. Uh, another topic. There's a big gap between our three eras of golden TV, um, but there's also a gender gap uh-huh. between male and female watching. You've already kind of referred to it, like mm-hmm. Bonanza. You didn't watch I mean, Bonanza. Yeah, it sounds like you didn't have to argue with your dad about what you guys could watch. Um, we were most of the time not watching together. It was only prime time where they being my parents had control of the dial um oh it sounds I was, you sound a little bit like upset about that <laughs> well i don't know what i was missing i just knew that you know i don't remember ever arguing about anything it was just like oh this looks boring i don't you know i i wouldn't care what they were it's not like i remember looking at the tv guide and saying we're watching this romance movie <laughs> you know no that that never happened i had total control any other part of the day because they were busy working and not watching TV. So not paying attention to what you were doing. And I don't think, um, you know, in terms of gender disparities in our watching, my dad watched sports and me and my mom watched cooking shows. I mean, we were very clearly divided on those things, but there was never, I don't remember ever arguing about Hey, gimme, gimme, now it's my turn. Even though we had one TV for a very, very long time. Later on, we had maybe a little TV in the bedroom or something, and then somebody could be relegated to that bad TV and watch whatever thing they wanted. But, you know, I'm an only child. Like, I didn't have to argue with my siblings ever about anything, and my parents were sort of non-entity in that area. So it was, it was free reign, free love. It was just a great... I was very lucky. All right, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to name some names here of TV shows that were pivotal formative okay. in my life, told me how to be a man. Okay, great. Right, early on. And, and I'm going to kind of go early and then kind of get later. Cisco Kid. I no, mean, I've nothing. heard of it, but... The Man right. and the Challenge. Never. I had a man crush on this guy, and I watched him lately. I went on to YouTube. One of many him. man crushes. And clearly he's... Man you know, crushes. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a whole well, other well, thing. What, was it a... Was it a uh, what kind of show he was He was it? like a scientist that was also did crazy stuff and... <laughs> And he would like put his life on the line for scientific experiments. He'd be like the astronaut who went up into space. I never heard yeah. of it either. The I man and the challenge. <laughs> Sky King. I've heard of All right, Sky, Sky King. King. Yeah. The Lone Ranger. Yes. All right, so you must heard the Lone Ranger. I've heard of it. Now, a big one for me was I Spy mm-hmm. with, uh, Bill with, with Bill Cosby. Mm-hmm. The, the former Bill Cosby, <laughs> right? Not, not the one we know. Yeah. And then the big one, The Man from Uncle. We had a big poster mm. on our wall, The yeah. Man from Uncle. And then later on, Secret Agent Patrick McGee. Uh, yeah, see, none, none of those. those. None, none of those. Nope. Right. I am the man <laughs> I am today because of those TV shows. Well, I don't... Let I may explain a lot, sweetheart. <laughs> I was going to say, how, this is Rebecca's <laughs> issue. It's not mine. <laughs> Maybe I should watch those shows that I, I don't, I'd understand you better. <laughs> Secret Agent Man. Are you going to share the, the shows that made you the woman that you are? <laughs> I... I remember watching a lot of the same shows you did. I I remember um, certain shows that I really enjoyed. I, I always enjoyed the shows that had a big family because mm-hmm. my family had uh, my parents divorced, and I was like an only, I was raised like an only child mm. by my mom because mm. I was you know, like eight or so when mm. they divorced. Yeah. Um. So, the Waltons. Oh yeah. Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> Here we go. Um, <laughs> anything that had a lot of kids. Yeah. And good the night, movies. Good night, Joe like, Bob. Like, uh, good night, Mary Lou. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good night, Dad. I mean, I loved that. I loved all that stuff. Yeah. And I was very conscious of the fact that I was drawn to, you know, these great families that where there was, you know, a lot of warmth and love and, yeah. and, and the parents were, you know, a team and they, I, you know... That was a big deal to me. I did not like the Brady Bunch. Mm-hmm. Maybe because of the divorce and getting together. Oh. I don't know if that had something Maybe. to do with it. But I felt they were kind of fake. Yeah, well, that was very candy. Yeah, yeah. But, but that's interesting because the, um, you know, we were talking about propaganda. It, and, and it's like certainly TV shows are, are going to have a lot more plot opportunities if there's a lot of kids in the family. 
you don't see a lot of shows about only children. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. And, 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 and that's, you cannot deny the fact that people were influenced by seeing these big, happy families on TV. Let's, let's have it's a lot of kids. Let's be like the Waltons, you know? How, how can you deny that? Would have some sort of subconscious um, I can see it also making people think, like, what's wrong with me? Why aren't I that happy? Yeah, that yeah. too. Yeah. 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 I mean, my life didn't go that way, but I definitely wanted the big house and the kids running around, mm-hmm. you know, and people coming in and out. Eight is enough. Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> all the And all the well, movies, and yours, and mine, and, uh, and ours. Fred oh, McMurray's yeah. show. Fred McMurray. My Three Sons. My, my Three, three Sons, sons yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. Which Single is, father. you know, so they did have shows earlier um, where people were widows or widowed. But um, divorce came in later. Yeah, and I guess the, I mean, I guess in the Brady Bunch were they both widowed? Is that I'm the, sure they were, yeah, or right. they or they just didn't mention it. But no, I think the, yeah, yeah people that didn't get divorced before 1970. No, you know yeah, that. right, not no. so much. Actually. They suffered. Yeah. So you have, and I have something in common. What's that? <laughs> You're so cute. <laughs> it's from our early teens. We both wrote fan letters. I did. I wrote, I mean, I didn't write as many as you. <laughs> I have to say, you're like the champion. Oh, well, that's I would my asp- goal. <laughs> I would aspire. Um, so should we compare notes? Please. I'm, right. jo- I'm overjoyed. I've never met anyone else who had this hobby. That never wrote family I mean, maybe an occasional one, but I have. Well, I don't know. I can't say that I can't. I can't profess to be a- a- as a hobby. But I wrote, I, wrote, I wrote two that I remember. Yep. Yeah. To the Monkeys. Oh, I think I was six years old. Did you get a response? A postcard. Yeah. Yeah. With all their faces and maybe some signatures on them. And it's like, you know, printed out kind of a a message. Yeah. But I received a handwritten note. And I think I was, I think I was much older. I think I was a preteen. I went to, I even, I have to probably zero in on the year because, okay, so it was an Ice Capades show. Ice Capades. Ice and this ice dancer, I w- just fell in love with him. Wow. He, he did a, a solo dance to, from Paint Your Wagon, a horrible film, but a really beautiful song. They call the wind Mariah. And I was just entranced, and I wrote him a letter. How did you find his address? How did you know how to do that? I might have sent it to the ice capades. I don't even know. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know maybe, how you find the ice capades. I don't know. Right, but what about, what about your fan letter? Um... My fan letter, I mean, I, there's not a huge amount of them, but it was definitely a very concerted pastime for me in my elementary school age years where I started out with Marlo Thomas, who to this day... Great choice. I love that show. I'm, I'm to this day, I, I worship Marlo Thomas. Um, th- that was from Free to Be You and Me. I was obsessed with Marlo Thomas from both that girl, which I did watch, but also Free to Be You and Me, which is... All right, we need to talk about Free to Be You oh, and Me because I, I listened mean, to it. I had never heard it before until I read your book and then we found it. It's magnificent. Everybody did, should listen did to you, it. Did you know about it? I didn't. It's a it, record. It was a very specific um, age group thing I think so if you were a little bit older than me you, you might have just missed that chunk of time because I think it came out in maybe 72 and I was in second grade and I had a feminist teacher who called herself Ms and she wow. showed us 72 yeah she showed Ooh. us she played this record for us and you know people can it was an awakening never heard for you. Of it, but it but and, and, and I wouldn't, again, I say in the book, it wasn't really an awakening because I was seven years old. I mean, what was I breaking free from the constraints of patriarchy? I just loved the songs. I loved the poems. I loved the funny, com, you know, comedic um, voices on the record. It was just meant to be, like, absorbed and memorized and fetishized over and so colorful and wonderful. And... and the, the When my friend William was five years old, he wanted a doll to hug and hold. A doll, said William, is what I need to wash and clean and dress and feed. A doll to give a bottle to and put to bed when day is through. And any time my doll gets ill, I'll take good care of it, said my friend Bill. 
A doll, a doll, William wants a doll. Don't be a sissy, said his best friend did. Why should a boy want to play with a doll? Dolls are for girls, said his cousin Fred. Don't be a jerk, said his older brother. I know what to do, said his father to his mother. So his father bought him a bed. Marlo Thomas created this because she was um, a dyed-in-the-wool feminist, and she was just un unhappy about all of the children's books available that were so stereotypical gender roles, and she wanted her young niece to have something hipper and, and more progressive, so she created Free to Be You and Me, and she got me at the right time, and me and all my friends, boys and girls, but I think girls a little bit more. I, I, I liked some research on this, but um, I hope to this day that people are still giving it to their children and grandchildren, because we still need these messages. We have to find that. Well, we Jack. did. It was it was on YouTube. No, it, but you said it, it was important to you. Do you remember it? No, I mean it was. I re, no, I just I because oh, Kathleen now. introduced it to me yeah, in the yeah, book, yeah. and I went and looked it up. It includes Harry Belafonte, Alan Alda, Mel Brooks is in it, and 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 others. Oh big, yeah. Big stars of the period. Yeah. Uh, talking about you know the freedom to be whatever you yeah. really want to be. Yeah. Be yourself. Um, Boys can cry and play with dolls. Girls can be doctors. Way uh, ahead of its time. Way ahead of its time. And yeah. and for me, at that young, impressionable age, I had yet to face any messages like, you can't be a doctor because you're a girl. So it was just the water I was swimming in. I, you know, it, it was like... And I hear a lot of other Gen X women talking like this right now and baby boomer i'm like right on the cusp of baby boomer and gen x but say old gen xers who are who never really felt like we suffered all that much sexism because we got these kinds of messages at just the right time in our childhood that were like i can do anything and i just feel very lucky that that i did and that i was born at that time and that my parents got me the record when i asked them for it you know because ms mintz played it for us in second grade and i think i can't i can't overestimate the impact it had on me just like sesame street also free, came along the same free time. to be you and me definitely look it up yeah it was a tv you're... show after the record came out they made a tv oh, show okay. All right. oh wow okay we didn't, didn't know that I, 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 I have to run to the bathroom, but I have a question for you too. <laughs> and then I'm sure it'll take me time to, for you to ask about it. There's one TV series uh, I'm going to name uh, in the genre of TV shows that Becky likes, and I think you like because I read your book. And <laughs> while you two go on, I'm just going to go to the boys' room here. So, ready? Here, here's, here's your topic. All right, you ready? Sex in the City. Conversate. <laughs> Discuss. Okay. So I have a very easy question. Which one are you? Miranda. Miranda, right? Okay. Not, not uh, Carrie. As I say in the book, I'm supposed to want to be Carrie, but I'm not. And Carrie is like a wannabe, right? Everybody wants to be her. Yeah, but I, I, I've never, I, I sort of have realistic expectations about myself. <laughs> And, I mean, it's still aspirational to be Miranda, but I'm just, yeah. How about you? Okay, so I am Charlotte. I mean, oh. I, I aspire to be Charlotte. Oh, yeah, everything matching. Okay. Everything perfect. Everything, you know, the husband, the, you know, the wanting so much just to get married and have children and... Um, absolutely charlotte that's so interesting did you i mean because so when you saw the show when you met charlotte did you know did you identify with her right away or well, not so much her shallowness <laughs> or maybe maybe i did <laughs> maybe i recognized it felt she's a not fellow. as shallow as she appears no i know i know i know i know <laughs> oh charlotte is She's a sweetheart. Yeah, no, she's a she good. She's, she's a good, a good egg. person. Mm -hmm. She's a good person. She just wanted to get married. Yeah, and wear matching clothes. Yeah. <laughs> but but I but I wonder because it's only it was only sort of later. I don't know because I watched the show after it came. It was syndicated. Were people identifying with a character immediately, or 
were did that when did that happen because I don't I don't know if watching the show I immediately thought oh I like Miranda and I want to be like Miranda I mean I sort of wanted to be all of them they were all like very fortunate I only think of it in retrospect yeah yeah I don't think I sat there and said you know I'm Charlotte or yeah. I like her yeah. you know I mean I loved Carrie I thought she was very cool yeah. I would love to be Carrie yeah well but she was the writer I mean she was the one documenting everything and self-aware and, and right yeah right she was going through all the experiences well yeah. they all were but never the other one What's not Samantha. Samantha no 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 I just didn't understand Samantha no I couldn't couldn't ever be like her I'd love to, we should have someone here with us who identifies with Samantha and say, can you explain Samantha to us and why? Yeah, <laughs> that would be good. That would be good. That would be good. Oh, okay, yeah, I'm back, I'm back from the, um, so Becky said she was going to ask you like who you wanted to be and I'm going to guess you wanted to be Samantha. <laughs> You're no? funny. You're funny. You're cheating. No. You are cheating. No, no, Such no. Such a cheater. Well, I'll tell you this, Charlotte was the one that I thought was the sexiest. So ah. I'm not sure which Becky chose. Uh, see, but. that's good. I like hearing the, the uh, man's perspective. He's such a fake. Isn't he a liar? Who, who is this? <laughs> did, did you? Did, now, is he saying that to, to butter you up? Because who? My life is about buttering up, Rebecca. <laughs> because women, you know, can also, whether they're gay or straight, can say who they thought was the sexiest. And I thought well, Mr. Wright I was, thought the was the sexiest. Oh, yeah, I do too. I thought Carrie was the yeah. sexiest. No, yeah. no, no. Mr. Big, you mean? Mr. Big, Mr. Big. Um, <laughs> no, he was but he was—he wasn't Mr. Wright. <laughs> he was definitely the sexiest of, of all of the characters. You, what about the Big. guy from Northern Exposure? Um, oh yes, Aiden. Speaking <laughs> of Northern Exposure, it's disappeared. It totally disappeared. You can't find clips or anything? Maybe clips, I don't think so. Well, I was reading recently why, because they're bringing old shows back. Yeah. And they can't bring that one back because of all the music. Or that's what they don't want to pay the, mu- the music oh, rights. I know. I know. That was such a great show. I, that's disappointing. I was completely, I don't know, it hit me when. I don't even remember the music, to be honest with you. They just used a lot of popular music. many shows though I don't know how other shows deal with that I don't know I don't know I just read that I don't really know if that's a thing well they can strip out all the music and we'll just hear eagles yeah there you go there you go (laughs) there's so much here we have another page of questions here and we're like we're an hour in. Well, look, I, I am we the first to, to tell you part two. TV brings people together. It makes people voluble. They want to talk about TV. Everybody wants to talk about TV. Well, we, we, we should just finish with, um, so the fact that Kathleen doesn't have a television. Yeah. Okay. Um, right. <laughs> I don't have a TV, and I don't need a TV, and I still watch TV. And I find this interesting... Um, I mean, anyone who lives in the world today shouldn't really be that surprised that I can still watch a lot of content. Right. But what I find interesting about that is that, what do we call TV? We still use the word TV to describe content. And I love that, and I hope it never goes away. But I'm very surprised that it hasn't gone away. There's no better substitute for that right now. People people say shows. You know, I've asked my my college age students this what do you what should we call this and they're like oh we just say shows and they don't really think about the origin or the format or anything um just what's it where where do i get it hulu disney plus where do i get it that's today um but i if i say to them what's your favorite tv show they don't say what do you mean they they say whatever they say the name of a show and even if it's something that was born digital um, it's still to them. They they still can understand that as a TV show. Isn't that weird? Yes. Yes. I, 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 it seems to me we are in a different era and things change. And what we lived through doesn't exist anymore. Not to say it died. It had its influence. But, you know, we don't have the scheduling. We don't, we don't have the three channels. All the stuff that we've been talking about, it's no longer there. And I know you end by saying TV matters. And I think the question hangs out there is, what is TV? Um, but there is still the same conversation 
and that is, what are you watching? We always ask our friends, our yeah. family members, you know, so what are you watching? And, I ha- and, you know, I actually have a list. I'm not even going to pull it out because I'm, uh, I'm so afraid of this question all the time because I feel like I'm going to leave out the, the things that I really love the most. But, you know, I can only, let's, let's just be very in the moment. I'm extremely excited right now because yesterday, season four of The Handmaid's Tale reappeared. Yes. <laughs> you yes. didn't tell me that? Yes, you know, I saw it. I just saw it in the news. Oh, you didn't watch it without her, though? No, 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 no. We watched that together. Because, by the way, before we end, I want to talk about, I have some things to say about your TV episode, where you did talk about how you do that thing where you pre-watch and you fall asleep. Yes, yes, yes. But The the Handmaid's Tale um, is what I'm watching now. Um, I love, um, you know, the the, the two shows throughout the pandemic that I... uh, that gave me the most joy were Schitt's Creek. Yes. Loved it. And um, Call My Agent. Okay, we have to watch that. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that. Right. Call My Agent is highly critically acclaimed, popularly acclaimed. It's really, really good. And it, and it will lead you down a little French rabbit hole. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but okay. I, I, I got to say, Schitt's Creek had a really surprising impact on me and I was late to it like a lot of people what I've heard about this show is that a lot of people discovered this show late or didn't like it at first I didn't that like it us. at first yeah. that was us really yeah. yes and and look at all they've won millions of Emmys now Dan Levy is a national hero um, and it's it's I feel like it was a perfect show TV is so influential in our brains. I, I can't, I mean, I, I love when people are, are like, oh, you write about TV? Oh, that's nice. So anyway, and then the, forget it. That you, you get them talking about a TV show. That it's, it's hours go by. Yeah. 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 Right, exactly. Everyone oh. has something. To, and I've, you know, met people who say, oh, I don't watch TV. And I'm like, you know, but you've been alive for 60 years. You, At some point, you watch TV. And whether or not you watch TV, it's it's affecting your life, whether or not, you right. know. Yes. But, but what I wanted to say, um, there's one point I wanted to really um, pick up on, on what you said, Rebecca, in the episode that you guys did earlier, uh, maybe last fall, about you talked about TV. Yes, yes. yes. Um, and how we and watch you, it. Right, and, and I loved it. I so Thank enjoyed you. it. I listened to that episode twice. Nice. And you talked about um, something Mark Twain did with his kids where he made little stories right, with the figurines right. on the mantelpiece. Right. And you were arguing that people, the next day they didn't say, oh, we, we told too many stories last night. <laughs> yeah. And you were making the same argument that I make in the book First of all, I say, I wonder if when people read those installments by Charles Dickens in the print newspaper, if they're like, oh, I'm going to, you know, only read one today because, um, but because it's about binge watching. You guys were talking about binge watching and how, oh, trying to justify it or argue for it. And I argue very strongly for it in my book. And I also think that TV creators today know damn well that we're binge watching and they create their shows whether consciously or not with this sort of like long long arc you know so they don't it weren't it it's no longer these happy little beginning middle and end in every single episode it's a long show yeah 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 yeah. and we all binge i mean We love stories. Human beings love stories. Yeah. We've loved it since cave yeah. times. I remember. Well, that's the idea. Even back then, around the fire, <laughs> we would say, and yeah, he would you tell his story. Yeah. I, I don't quite remember the cave period. Yeah, that's before well our time. <laughs> yeah. and, and then, and then we said, we don't have TV. Okay, paint it on the wall. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? That's one of the things that Shit's Creek actually um, uh, emphasized for me because I was binging it very severely and I watched I think I watched the entire series in like two months it was like popcorn oh you just that music you know and I was at the same time working on a novel and I'm not a fiction writer naturally it was a new thing for me and there's I can't put it into words succinctly but there was something about binging that show that helped me with the structure 
of my novel. Nice. Nice. And it also is related to The Wizard of Oz, and that's all I'm going to say right now. Okay. All right, so, 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 so uh, episode number two with Kathleen yes, Collins. exactly. We will be talking exclusively about, about her binge-watching and, and The Wizard, Wizard of, of Oz. Oz. Oh, I would love it. You are listening to Bar Crawl Radio, and Alan and I have been talking with Kathleen Collins, the only BCR fan that we know of. Her book, from Rabbit Ears to the Rabbit Hole just came out, and we recommend it to especially maybe older TV watchers, but people who also are interested in history, and it's all really cool, and you should read it. All right, now try, try the one that I wrote. <laughs> no, I like that. That was good. That was good. Yeah, yeah. And now I have a choice. Okay? Yeah, okay. Okay, now you me. have a choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I didn't, I didn't trust you. No, go. Sorry. Just try it. Just, <laughs> no, no, I didn't trust you to say younger viewers. That's why I, I went off on a tangent. Okay, I'm sorry. I should always trust you. I, I, I made the change exactly how you asked me to do it. The only BCR fan that we know of that's not related to us, and well, they're not fans either, but anyway, her book, From Rabbit Ears to the Rabbit Hole, just came out, and we recommend it to older TV watchers who will fall down the rabbit hole and to younger viewers who may want to know from whence they came. Yeah, you're right. Yours is better. Rebecca and I, Alan, would love to hear from you. Just email us at barcrawlradio at gmail.com. <laughs>